All right, we are live. So, hey guys, I'm here today with uh, David Nicolucci, uh, continuing the theme of people in Phuket. Uh, David's been down there for a while and uh, during the pandemic has started his new life as a DJ and an Amazon agency owner, um, which is pretty cool to see a lot of people doing what they love um, because of what's uh, afforded to them by Amazon and by years of hard work. Uh, David's done everything from Airbnb to uh, absolutely crushing it on his clients' accounts. And we are going to completely wing it for the next 30 to 45 minutes uh, and just kind of fuck it, do it live. Working <laughs> with uh, David and figuring out what we need to know about Amazon. So, um, yeah. you know, I've met and you've probably 2016, 2017, somewhere in China, probably one of uh, Mike's events. And uh, yeah, back at the time, we are growth hack, I think was, was kind of beginning or when did you start that? Yeah. Uh, we are growth hack started in 2017 as mm -hmm. uh, I would say it was probably the first um, agency based in Hong Kong to help uh, only Amazon sellers or focus on Amazon sellers. So yeah, that's been quite a journey. Uh, so yeah, 2017, even though I started to independently provide service to Amazon sellers since 2016, uh, and I started working with large Amazon accounts based in China and Shenzhen, where you also have been working since 2014. So yeah, we've been in this space for, uh, for a couple of years, let's say. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, tell us about some of the companies that you worked with. I mean, I think they're all household names, especially uh, right now after the ban. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So first of all, I would I would say that was a, a heck of an answer. It was super good. <laughs> I actually been, you know, a DJ and music producer even before starting my digital marketing uh, journey. I started when I was like 16 making music and... Uh, I've took this patient with me along the side during my marketing studies and everything until I moved in China. Then I just couldn't keep up because, you know, working on Amazon, I mean, it's, it's a real business. So we know that it takes a lot of effort and energy. So I, stopped. I, I thought it was passive income, David. <laughs> <laughs> it, it will become passive income once you're really good at doing what you're doing. Uh, mm -hmm. as, you, as you know, for, for any other thing like drop shipping or consulting or e-commerce in general, uh, anything that you can scale and, uh, you know, delegate, other, you know, to others, to your team members. But yeah, and then I, I had to stop 2014 and then I get back in 2020 here in Phuket because of two things. You know, first of all, the, the business went down a little bit and I, I sit down, you know, I take a back seat a little bit. I didn't want to rush finding new clients because I was quite okay already with what I've made in the past years. And then I really was dying to do music again so that's how it went and now i'm just doing it a little bit on the side because now the business is kicking in again so when it comes to the business itself some of the companies i actually started with some valley tech that most of you guys know pretty much they've been banned <laughs> i don't know if they're back in the game already but they're the guys behind some of the names like hutu ref power vava tautronics and uh yeah they're quite big they are i think it uh, I, I don't know if there are eight or nine figure sellers, but definitely at least eight. So they are they were top sellers on Amazon. At some point, they've been top ten globally. You know, the size of pretty much similar to Anchor. And then I've been working with one of their main competitors for uh, 
for the year of 2015, 2016. And um, then I had Aoki as my very first client to the agency. We are growth fast. So, so I yeah. guess if you want to keep your account, don't work with Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, guys. Just kidding. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what were you teaching these guys? <laughs> no, the, the, the thing is, so to be completely honest and fair, that's how it went. Um, big guys like Sun Valley Tech, Aoki, and uh, surprisingly not Anchor, and maybe we'll talk about that later, because uh, I got some insider information later. <laughs> not Anchor. Why Anchor is not being banned? Uh, that that's a very interesting topic and question. So those guys, they have been ban- banned many times on Amazon. And, uh, you know, their account went shut down, then they were using the backup account or the, the same account got reinstated because of some, you know, so they always came back. And uh, I still have some friends working at OK, just they're running the business. It's it's completely fine now. So, you know, you hear the stories, Amazon gives them, you know, a big warning. They close the account. Uh, they lose a lot of money. Um, but still they get back. So that's the thing. And it will be like this for a long time, I believe. Uh, probably now they're starting to take things a little bit more seriously. Definitely. Because yeah. we we saw how a few weeks ago, this list of, you know, some of the main Amazon sellers from China that have actually been banned. Uh, did you work with any of those? Because I, I work with like... Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm sure so you know them so Work with several of the ones, like for example, uh, Cohen, and uh, mm. yeah, <laughs> like uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, a lot yeah. Of these, I've seen a lot of them. A lot of these companies are switching more towards uh, the B two B route because for a lot of the brands, and we just saw uh, if you still read my uh, WeChat group, uh, someone in there tried to sell some. Uh, I think it was Aki products, and. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it's not just the seller accounts that are are banned. It's the actual brand, and they yeah. wasn't able to actually sell any of the the products. So Amazon has actually banned a lot of these at the brand level. So anything with the same yeah. uh, probably yeah. SKUs or UPCs or brand name, it's a no go. That's interesting. You know why? Because now there's a big question among the actual hot. Uh, you know, hot players of Amazon that are the brokers and sorry, not the brokers, but the aggregators, right? And they're saying, okay, if those large Chinese accounts that actually have, you know, huge business and nice products, they get banned, maybe we can, you know, buy their assets, buy their products and sell them on our on our accounts. But, you know, if this is the case that you cannot sell, you know, the same UPC, then no, it doesn't work. It's not going to work. So, but that's a very interesting thing because, you know, among the aggregators, uh, of course, someone is thinking about this, is talking about that, and uh, they are thinking, okay, we could buy the account, we could buy the, the brand for a cheaper price because mm-hmm. it's been banned on Amazon. So probably it's not that easy, I would say. Oh, yeah. Every, everyone is looking at these brands and saying, what can we do with, with their assets? You know, how can we you know, take all this Amazon inventory and, and put it through retail? How can we liquidate this stuff for them? You know? But I don't think these companies are ever going to give up and die. You know, it's not in their DNA, um, you know, no matter what, even if, uh, you know, that's that's for all Amazon sellers and online businesses. You know, how many accounts have I fucking had banned? How many accounts have you had banned? You know, you got to just keep going. 
you know, I'm yeah. perma banned yeah. from Google ads, but it, it doesn't stop me. <laughs> um, you know, it's just another <laughs> obstacle to show you if you, if you really want it. So, uh, I guess speaking of yeah. obstacles, uh, and 2020 and 2021 have really, uh, thrown a lot of curveballs our way. Um, what did this do to kind of the agency space or just the services for Amazon sellers once the pandemic started to happen? Yeah, so I've been through this journey and uh, I would say for me personally, I mean, I've been speaking to a lot of other agency owners. Um, it really depends. Some agencies, they, they really had to decrease their business and they lost a lot of clients. That's the first thing that happened when the COVID hit, especially because we had this main issues of not being able to find supplies in China or not being able to receive the goods from China. So that was the main issue. So it, it forced a lot of the sellers to close. And without a client, you, you can't go on as an agency. But on the flip side, a lot of other, you know, sellers, especially in those categories of home appliances, you know, any kind of home and kitchen and, uh, you know, what is it like supplements and, and food and anything that is, you know, the, any kind of product you need during a lockdown, the, the volume, the sales volume of, of those kind of products definitely increased. And uh, if you were lucky that you had this kind of clients that that was our case in, uh, on one side, then you were really lucky. Um, mm -hmm. Otherwise, it was really bad. But uh, some of our other clients, you know, they, they really had to shut down because they couldn't get the shipments from, from, from China, from Australia, delivered to the U.S. So that was really bad. So for me personally, I took 2020 as a, a, a let's say, almost a gap year where I didn't really force too much uh, into finding new clients and working on uh, you know, Amazon and then at the beginning of 2021, because I saw that actually, I mean, actually, we have to say that since the, the second last, um, I think it was Black Friday, yeah, and Prime Day, that they came very, very close together in 2020. It was in, uh, I think it was in October and November, right? So they came very close to each other. We had this huge increase of sales generally. And then the trend kept going out, going out. And it was a very good Q4, I think, 2020 for Amazon in general. I don't know maybe if 2021 Q4 would be the same in terms of number. But anyway, the, the trend was just going up. So I said, okay, I'm done with, you know, making parties and <laughs> taking it taking it easy. Well, also Thailand and lockdown you know, at the same time, right? Now it's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It took like two months after that. So in February, March, it started. So in January 2021, I said, okay, it's time to restructure our content strategy. So we went all in with uh, YouTube, for example, uh, putting some videos, doing some interviews. By the way, let's um, let's schedule an interview for you on my channel <laughs> quite soon. And then, and then, you know, we... Yeah, we did a lot of, you know, new blog posts. And then now we are, we are working with, again, with some very good Amazon sellers. We're working with some aggregators as well, with some large brands. We actually established our business in Italy. So, so it's okay. We are expanding our, our, our team members. And uh, yeah, every, everything is okay. But I would say I see the whole industry changing into a lot more money being invested uh, a lot more institutional money, not only because of the aggregators. They are dis disrupting the industry, this is for sure. 
But uh, I would say that now Amazon is becoming a much more serious game and serious business. And I literally see the big fish eating the small fish. Um, and we, we used to do this analogy, for example, in 2014. You, you might remember 2015, 2014 or 16. People were asking, can I start selling on Amazon with 1,000 or 2,000 US dollars? Then in 2018, they were asking, can I start selling on Amazon with 5,000 US dollars? And now they would ask, you know, so the threshold is, is getting up. And do you really think and, you can start uh, selling on Amazon now with 2,000 2K? Cannot. So do you have a number now that you think is safe to start on Amazon? Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, okay. A million dollars? I would say <laughs> in, <laughs> in 2018, I remember someone was saying, you have to start with 20K at least, you know, to get everything done, you get the stock, uh, the advertising, registration, you know, PPC is a big expense. It was already a big expense 2018, so guess now. I would say if you want to stay on the safe side, just considering all the competition that we have right now, I wouldn't personally start with less than 50K. It, it depends a lot on the category, on the niche, on the competition, on what kind of, yeah, <laughs> on what kind of, you know, competitive advantage you have, what kind of problem you solve, you know, avatar, user avatar, whatever. But I would say if you want to be really safe, at least 50K, yeah. Or you can just go in with 5K 10 times until you <laughs> get it right once. <laughs> I remember uh, I remember my first thing, I had a friend from Shenzhen in America that's like, yo, dude, I got a lot of stuff. You want to send it in and we'll split the money? Hey, yeah. Like, I started with zero dollars. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And that, I was, mean, that was back when, when in like was 2014, it? and Would it you? did work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember, but, I mean... Look, looking back at 2014, um, for example, there were not all these limitations that we have right now. You have to really be good at planning your stock. And also, you pretty much you could sell on Amazon without being brand registered. And there was less competition. You could just take some you know, Chinese uh, iPhone covers, still literally in 2014 from Huachan Bay and Put them, <laughs> put them on Amazon and still make money. But I think yeah. you can't do that right now. <laughs> my uh, my next door neighbor for a while in Shenzhen at one of the apartments I stayed in was a phone case guy. And that was his office. Mm. It, it was out of an apartment. A lot of Chinese sellers uh, sometimes do that. So like whenever I needed a phone case, I just walked next door to the guy. I'm like, hey, man, what you got? And he had like a five bedroom apartment, just phone cases, you know. And he's just there on his fucking laptop <laughs> the whole time. It was great. Oh uh, my God. So I locked out of the apartment, I just like worked on his Amazon account with him and like did some stuff. But uh, yeah, yeah, I think uh, you know it's really true. There are a lot of additional uh, barriers to entry into this uh, online dream that a lot of people don't talk about because maybe people that are doing an Amazon business, maybe they were successful in like 2015, 2016, 2017, maybe they stopped and now they're thinking it might still be that way. But uh, no, you need some serious cash if you want to compete on any product that's not, you know, so far out of left field, you know, like I'm sure you could. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
still find some products, but it's going to be tough. And, you know, yeah, it is. Uh, have fun getting them shipped over <laughs> at the moment. So how are, how are oh, these yeah. container prices <laughs> yeah. uh, impacting your business? Because marketing seems to almost be the afterthought now because people know that they can sell whatever they got, yeah. but getting the stuff into Amazon is uh, incredibly difficult now, both because of restock limits and container prices that are approaching, yeah. you know, like 20,000. How does this impact the agency world? Yeah. Uh, in various ways. So if the client doesn't have a strong logistic uh, network or system in place, uh, they will suffer a lot. They would be even closing their account for several months. And in that case, you just lose the client. Uh, also because it's going to be really, really hard to get back on track after you're out of stock for several months. So that's that's the first thing. If they have a very strong, you know, uh, system in place, um, combining FBA and FBM, then you would definitely keep them. But the thing is this, uh, this is, is happening to some clients that we're working with. Sometimes it takes some, some time for them to understand that when their product switches from FBA to FBM, the rank automatically automatically goes down. The conversion rate goes down, the, the acquisition cost goes up, and the sales go down, at least for the first few days. So, yeah, this mm -hmm. is the thing. You know, you will save your business if you, if you have FBM in place, but still, it's more expensive. So, you need to, to know that this is a cost that you need to sustain to, to keep your business going. And it, it really depends on a lot of things. Uh, well, I would say, yeah, the, the agents here are impacted in this kind of way, but... The service providers like 3PL, you know, and other warehousing system agencies or uh, providers, they're in cash right now because it's becoming, you know, necessary for, for any, especially Amazon sellers to have FBA and FBM in place or to have any alternative to, to Amazon right. and to be it's able to manage your own stock. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Uh, so, yeah, that, that, that's pretty much it. Yep. Mm -hmm. Cool. So, you know, let's talk a little bit more on the agency side. So what does your agency, We Are Growth Hack, really specialize mm -hmm. in right now? Oh, yeah. So we actually started more as a content agency, uh, as you know. Um, we were really doing. We were really good at doing translations and adaptation for uh, Amazon listings. So adapting the content to every marketplace and doing the research for for you know mm -hmm. keywords and PPC and uh, everything that you need to run your Amazon store. So that's how we actually began, and that came from the experience that I had uh, with the with the sellers that I was working. I was the marketing director for for, for some of those sellers in house, and I was managing several different. You know, people with different skill sets like social media and different kind of uh, native speaking for all the marketplaces where Amazon is selling. So we started like that. But then we went to focus more on PPC. So we, we really were getting most of our clients asking for PPC. And then actually, as an agency, we really uh, suffered a little bit from... Uh, the introduction of automatic tools that allow you to do everything in-house with a tool and it costs like 10 times less than an agency, of course. 
So we had to adapt. We, we started using different uh, systems like bulk file and also using some automatic tools. Uh, but of course, if you do it yourself and you just need PPC, probably you're just better off with a, with a tool, you know, if you know pretty much how to sell on Amazon and how to use PPC. So mm-hmm. if you don't need the full package. So, and then, then we started actually specializing, specializing more into rank. This was from 2019 until 2020. So most of our clients actually wanted us to do this smart approach to uh, PPC combined with external traffic uh, to improve organic rank. Uh, and that really worked very well. We were using, we're still using sometimes, you know, this superhero generator. There, there is nothing black hat. I mean, we were even discussing the strategies together with Helium 10 and Amazon knows what's going on. Even though I have to say that some people uh, said that now Amazon is starting not to like those uh, ranking system anymore. But I didn't see anything really happening in my client's account. But some other agencies told me, like, just, just be careful about this. And now we are still doing, you know, full account management. Um, we we take uh, from very large clients who, who do like millions per per month to even beginners, and it's a very different job. Uh, so problem solving, account management, creating listings, uh, translating listings, ranking PPC. We run all of this, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I have to say. Uh, all of these and then external traffic, it works really well. We work with some TikTok influencers, uh, you know, some of them and uh, social media. It's actually interesting how social media came back in Amazon. Someone told me when I was presenting in 2018 at Global Sources, I think you were presenting there too, maybe. And I was talking about influencers and someone raised their hand and said, yeah, no, influencers on Amazon is going to die. Amazon doesn't like influencers. When now actually Amazon is paying you to bring external traffic <laughs> to Amazon. So, so this is... <laughs> yeah, the general referral the trend. thing. Very yeah. uh, exciting. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. I, yeah. I think it's a, a long overdue move. Um, it's something they could have uh, added a couple of years ago and saw big rewards from it. But uh, we're seeing a lot of of cool tools like Amazon Attribution uh, is big, and then also the, the brand referral. I'm very excited about a lot of those. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It, super cool. And now I actually do uh, more. Uh, let's say uh, it is more present. This part of the job that is consulting, actually. So you know, now I mean, we all know there is a lot of aggregators, and uh, most. Time those aggregators don't come from an e-commerce uh, background. They have a financial background, or they are they're coming from large groups that are specialized also in Amazon, but they need some external um, resources or knowledge or mm-hmm. information, know-how. So, actually, yeah, it's it's quite common to start working on the side as consultant for you know for large groups or aggregators or large sellers, especially those that are interested in knowing what is going on in China. And uh, yeah, I'm sure you also do something like this because, you know, when it comes to actually realize this, that there is a few names that are famous in the space for when it comes to uh, foreigners living in China and doing Amazon. And it's it's a bunch of us. It's you, me, Howard I, Mike Michelini, and a few others, you know. So, <laughs> so they, they yeah, know who people we just are. do a Google search and then they just hit us up. <laughs> I think I, I have to ignore all the journalists in my <laughs> LinkedIn all the time. <laughs> Like, tell me about Chinese black hat. Ignore, <laughs> ignore, ignore. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm the other guy. I say, yes, yes, I'm going to tell you everything I know. <laughs> yeah, you're blowing the lid off everything, you know. Um, yeah, absolutely. 
<laughs> it's funny, man, because you know we we know what is going on, and then you have the bad cop and the good cop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for anyone that is listening to this, you guys should definitely check out uh, David's blog on We Are Growth Hack. Uh, yeah. His articles have gone viral many, many times over. Um, you know, for even the last several years. Let me uh, even just pull yeah. some of these up. But uh, yeah, yeah, you're really well I'm known actually, in the space for your long form uh, articles about, especially a lot of the stuff going on in China. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've interviewed you, and in, I think in the first, maybe also in the second, the secrets behind the success of Chinese Amazon sellers, as revealed by the insiders. So you were one of the insiders, and uh, we gave a lot of information. But that article still gets a lot of visits. It's still a very relevant topic. You know, it's there's still a lot of people, a lot of sellers in the U.S. or in China, sorry, in Europe, or based anywhere outside of China. They want to know why Chinese are so good, and you know, we still get visits. Uh, so it's, it's still very relevant, actually, because I think that the the, the major uh, contribution here, the success of Chinese sellers, is given by their culture, their way of getting shit done. You know, you, you've been talking so many times about the Shenzhen speed, and uh, yeah, that that is really a thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think we see it in this approach to the podcast. I think like two days ago, I'm like, hey, I'm going to bring this back. Let's <laughs> let's do this. And, yeah. you know, obviously, I have a lot of stuff to improve, right? My lighting sucks. My microphone sucks. I don't do any editing. <laughs> I don't have any uh, preparation for this. But you know what? I'll do more episodes than anybody yeah, else. That's the best. And I'll... Uh, eventually make these things better yeah. but if you don't start you can't uh have anything to improve you know yeah um i, th I think about that a lot i forget yeah. uh it might be the like charles duhigg book uh one of the book about like habits or how to get better or something like that and he brings up like this uh mm. story of like this art class that was uh split in two uh, or like pottery class and like half of them were told like you need to make the perfect pot and the other half were told just make as many fucking pots as possible okay and the one that was was better at the end of of the month was not the one that studied how to make the perfect pot and like did everything except make the pots it was the people that were just making it every day <laughs> and got better and yeah, i was also exactly. really inspired by just valuing because whenever Jerry, the CEO, came up with something crazy. It was being acted on within 10 seconds of it coming out of his mouth. You know, like he would come over and say, hey, Zach, we need to open up a foreign office with like 100 foreigners in Thailand and uh, have it set up in like two weeks. Go. <laughs> you know, like, fuck, I don't even know how to start this. But like, even though that like... Yeah idea kind of fizzled out in like a week right within a week we had actually found like three really good people to hire that we brought on on board in china so even though it didn't go the way that we wanted it to go we were able to um get a lot of benefits out of just just starting and and just trying things and i think we uh yeah we yeah. made some really funny mistakes with that. Like we posted in a group called everything Bangkok and everything Bangkok is just like a shit posting group. So when we posted there, they were just like, just fucking crucified <laughs> us, you know, like 
these fuckers don't know everything Bangkok. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but it, it was super funny, and you know, we did end up, <laughs> yeah. somehow ended up getting some really good uh, people out of that. Um, some good designers, uh, and then they also brought on some other people, and and it was really good. Um, cool. So it's amazing. Yeah, you have to start, you know, somewhere. Yeah, I think that that's a that's a thing. So, like, when you started your agency, how did you start it? Since we said we got to start somewhere, yeah. Uh, so I I agree with you, you know. Yeah, so sorry for the uh, background noise. Uh, okay, so actually, you know, I, I had this vision in. Uh, it happens. I had this vision, you know, in my mind when I was when I was young that I wanted to do marketing, even though I was doing always music on the side. But I knew I, I dropped music to to pursue a marketing career, and I took it very seriously when I went to the university. While my other my other friends were just getting drunk and wasted and making music all the time, and they were you know exactly the same people after five years. So I knew that I wanted to work for some large companies, learn as much as I could, and work abroad. I come from Italy, but I've been working in Germany, Spain, Sweden before moving to China and then go to Hong Kong. So how did I end up making my own company? So when I moved in China, I actually moved in China. Maybe I guess it's the same reason why guys like you or others who are listening to this podcast would make this jump is because you feel that in the environment where you are right now, I was in Spain when, in 2014 you feel that something is missing. You want to have more. You, you need this jump, right? You, you're probably not connecting with enough people who can teach you enough. And you feel that you're just scraping the surface of what is the real business there, or what you could actually do, what your capabilities are. So I went in China and I was 26 at that time. Yeah. And uh, I saw the China speed, the Shenzhen speed. It took me three months to pass from assistant to the manager to the actual team leader were passing <laughs> passing over the manager at that time because Chinese people they really don't care if you're better than them they put you on top and yeah, uh, then I realized real okay so yeah that's how it works and I realized you know I have this power in my in my in my hands that I can actually manage other people because the next job was marketing director I was managing around 35 people and that would never happen if I would stay in Italy if, you know 28 years old you know with my background uh, that, that wouldn't happen in Italy. You know, it, it's super competitive. They would give a director role to someone who's got at least, you know, six or seven or eight Another years experience already. Years experience. Yeah. Like not giving it to the and DJ. Then, yeah, exactly. And then you realize there's more. You can actually make your own money and you can decide how much you want to work, where you want to work. Just you have to start your own mm -hmm. company. So it was like jumping even deeper into the abyss and into the abyss and saying, okay, I can make this, you know, making a company from zero, being Italian in Hong Kong. Uh, yeah, let's do it. So I, I did it and it was, it was very good. I don't regret it. It, it was, I mean, I mean, it's still going on. It's 2021. So it's still kicking. And uh, yeah, I was lucky because I actually took the uh, opportunity that AOK gave me. They wanted to hire me in house, but I said, no way. Uh, I'm going to offer you my services as an agency. You can, you can fire me at any time you want, but eventually we stay together for like two years. Of course, the, I gave them this very exclusive privilege to be flexible in terms of which projects they wanted to outsource to us. 
So, you know, the first month I could invoice them a total amount and then the second month a different amount, depending on what they wanted. So that, that was okay. So, you know, but actually I agree with you. In China, you see that you can get things done because a lot of, you know, young people, I mean, you're, much, you're a little bit younger than me and even younger than you, like after they finish their school, they would just go to work for another large age as a company they would learn as much as they can and network as much as they can in those one or two years and then, bam, start their company. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's, yeah. that's impressive. Coming, coming out of valuing, um, it's, it's, there's almost like a valuing alumni network in that, like, probably 80 or 100 people that used to work at ValueLink have started their own e-commerce companies in some ways, whether it's uh, at least two or three of them that started associations um, every one of the foreigners that was there has, has made their own company, uh, several times over every single one of us, um, almost everyone I know is that has left value link has started their own thing. So, uh, it's, it's kind of incredible and leaves you pretty well connected when, whenever you go back, just because you're like, Oh, Hey, value link. And you, you have the connections, you know, and stuff like, like Aki and, and, Tom Top and stuff is all uh, pretty similar to that. Um, yeah. You know. Cool. So, yeah. yeah, just one quick question, I think, then we can wrap it up. Uh, just mm-hmm. you look at a lot of different Amazon accounts, and most uh, Amazon sellers out there are only really looking at their own account. So I think that, mm. you know, for me and for you, I think that this allows us to, to learn a lot of stuff. And what, what kind of difference do you think that makes being able to look at, you know, maybe 100 accounts versus one or two Amazon accounts for their own business? And how do you think people can improve on Amazon faster and learn their skills faster? Yeah, that's a very good question, I would say. And it's uh, very, very, you know, actual and relevant, especially right now. So when you work on so many accounts, you understand more uh, the the large scope and the big picture, let's say. Uh, you understand that potentially sometimes, you know, uh, I heard this somewhere else. I don't remember right now, but that's the thing. Like, for example, when it comes to product selection, you you want to sell some product that you like because you either like it personally, it comes from your experience or from your personal taste, or because you have made your own research and you think that that's the best in the best niche. But what if it doesn't work? Some sellers, they get stuck into this product and they try to make it better when they should actually just drop it and move on to the next one and then to the next one and then to the next one. So as a business owner, you might not want to realize that. But as an agency, you can realize that they're doing you know the wrong move when they're stuck in that product and then they blame you because you're not able to do the job when you actually make millions for others seriously with a much better cost so it's not you and i'm not saying it's it's them but it's being stuck in anything that is never a good idea you know i think that chinese sellers they're really good because it's also written in the article because they really launch as many products as they can and they move on to the next one they they try to see if this new product fits into this brand that doesn't have anything to do but they will still do it and then they move on to the next one it's it's uh it's business it's not personal so you get the big picture when you manage a lot of accounts you see why some accounts fail and why some others actually 
uh, can make it. And you see also the trend. You see that now it's getting more expensive to actually really be good on Amazon. It's getting harder. And sometimes for as much as you hate to admit that as an agency, there's not a lot that you can do to save someone's business because mm -hmm. probably they... I don't know, they don't have the right product or they don't give you the right, the right tools or they don't pay you enough. I'm, I hate to say that, but it, it's also true. Uh, as mm -hmm. an agency, it, it's a work, you know. If, if, <laughs> for example, we're having this kind of issue right now. There's a client, they, they don't want us to leave them, mm -hmm. but they also, don't want to, they also don't want to increase. And uh, we, we really told them, we're not working on your account anymore. And they paid the invoice. <laughs> I said, okay, whatever, you know, but we cannot do more than what we're doing right now. <laughs> exactly. Because uh -huh. I'm not doing the job anyways. It's, it's our account managers. So, and um, it's still profitable at the end of the year, at the end of the day for us, but not for them. And I said, you should just drop it, you know, or try to do it yourself or try mm -hmm. to get some free information or change product really, because that's not working or figure out your logistics because you have yeah, 10 pieces left in stock and that doesn't work. So <laughs> this kind of thing. So you get the big picture and then, you know, you have the medium clients or those clients that you successfully uh, mm -hmm. uh, managed to help increase the rank and increase their sales. And it's, it's amazing. For some others, it doesn't work that well. And then you have those huge clients that, you know, you are just, you know, mm -hmm. you're happy when you're keeping the same acres and they, they're really doing a good job, but you double their sales and, and, you know, or you take care of, you know, a portfolio of their products. So, you get the big picture and uh, it really helps a lot. So I would say if you're a small seller and you're trying to improve, don't get stuck in one product. That might be the key why you're not successful right now on Amazon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think uh, you hit the nail on the head. I think um, this is the main benefit to working with agencies uh, in general or working with anyone that sees a lot of accounts is when you only see your one thing, you kind of have your blinders on or you, there are a lot of different emotional biases that are involved. And when you work with a lot of different accounts, um, you have an idea in your head what an Amazon account needs to look like, or you can come in and, and come up with kind of some quick wins for uh, based on other Amazon accounts. And also you learn faster. You know, if you're working with like, you know, 50 different accounts every day, you're going to learn a lot more than if you're just sticking with your your one business. And I think that this is, in my mind, the main uh, kind of selling point for yeah. agencies and consultants and stuff like that is they've just seen a lot more and they know what things are supposed to look like and how, you know, uh, can provide a different type of perspective. So um, if people wanted to get in touch with you, how can they find Yeah, you? sure. So they can find me, they can reach out to my personal or work email, uh, davide.nicolucci at gmail.com or davide at wearegrowthhack.com or just visit wearegrowthhack.com. There is all different ways to reach me or Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, our Facebook group, uh, We Are Growth Hack, our YouTube channel uh, where Zach will be a guest soon. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so various ways, just look for my name or wearegrowthhack.com. Yeah, sounds good. Um, if you want to uh, retain his agency, I'll set up a link and you can go to seller.deal slash growth hack. Um, I'll leave that link somewhere. Uh, we're still going to see how we even publish these episodes. But yes. uh, thanks for coming on. It's been a, been a blast. Thanks, and I'm sure we'll, 
we'll do it again. Um, so thank you everyone for nice. listening and uh, watch out in another day or two for the next episode. All right. Cheers. Thank you.